All right, so once again, we're reading from Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 through 25. Uh, it's talking about creation in the sky, sea, and the land. Um, and last week, we talked about the first part of creation. We're now going into the second part of it. Um, and we're just going to take a look at what that means for us today. So in verse 14, it says, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let it be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. So, and it was so. Um, so the first thing that we will take from from Genesis 1, 14 through 25 is that God's creation is systematic. Now, since Aaliyah and Annie are in here, I'm just going to ask y'all to repeat it after me. That way y'all can kind of remember it. God's creation. All of y'all. God's creation. God's creation. Is systematic. Systematic. Deuce, what do you think I mean by saying God's creation is systematic? So everything is in order. Yes. Every season has its purpose for our lives. And here, um, when Aaliyah was reading in, in verse 14, she read that um, that that the lights in the firmament of heaven will divide the day from night. And then it will be for signs, for seasons, for days, and for years. Um, if there's anything that you know about uh, about the earth and about the world and how it functions is, is that um, during certain times of the year, the, the, the sun has a way in which, and the easiest way I can explain it is, is dropping itself down and or bringing itself back up or rotating itself in a certain way or a certain axis and direction where it will, one, get cold, two, get warm, three, get hot, or four, get cool. The, the earth is designed systematically for those times of the year when it gets cold. So around this time, we normally start to slow down and things start to really dwindle down and we notice that, hey, October's coming, it's gonna start getting cool. November's coming, it's gonna start getting cooler. December's here, it's getting cold, it's cold, it's cold because of how God designed the world. And then when we go into uh, when we go into April and to May, we notice that it starts to warm up. Then we get into summer, we know it just gets very hot. So God's creation is systematic. And not only is it systematic in that way, we know that the lights, right? When we walk outside, if we walk outside at night, is it as bright as it is during the day? It's not. So God created these different things in a systematic way. And so that has to work for us in our lives. Like God has given us purpose. He has given us certain things that we do each and every day systematically because of how our, we are designed. And I'm pretty sure we'll go into that on next week. <laughs> going into verse 16, he said, And God made two, two great lights, the greater light <coughs> to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God, made, God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule all 
over the day and over the night and to divide the light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. So in verses 16 through 19, we can see that God demonstrates his authority. What do we see? Aaliyah? God demonstrates his authority. What does he do? So this whole world, right, was designed by God himself. And since it's designed by God himself, it must function in a way that God designed it, right? So it won't go, it won't do anything outside of what God wants it to do. We all have an iPhone or if you have an iPhone or if you have a a Samsung, if you have any of those different things, one of the things you will notice about those two phones is they only function the way that the iPhone wants you to function and the way that Samsung wants you to function. The thing I like about Samsung is I have a little bit more leeway to do whatever I want to do. I can download certain things without having to worry about them saying, nope, it's still going to be a virus. Nope, this is going to be a virus. Whereas with iPhone, you can't, <laughs> you got to do exactly what the iPhone wants you to do. It's certain things you can't download. You can't go stream certain things and the iPhone will lock it out. Well, the iPhone and Samsung have authority over their phones and God himself has authority over everything he's created. And so that's why nothing happens without God's watchful eye missing it. So when people say, oh, this happened, where was God? That's not true. God is always there. God is always present. What does that mean to you all? Starting with Grayson, God's creation demonstrates his authority. What does that mean to you? Almighty, uh-huh. Deuce. Uh, it shows that he can do whatever he wants when he wants to. Uh-huh. Zara? God's creation demonstrates his authority. What does that mean? God's creation demonstrates his authority. What does that mean? Everything he made is here for a reason. So if in Aaliyah uh, are at home and Brother Dave, Sister Gilmore say, it's time to go to bed at 8 o'clock. What time are they supposed to be in the, in the bed? 8 o'clock. But what time? 8 o'clock, right? There's nothing that they can do outside of that in order for them to enjoy life. And this world, if it's not functioning the way in which God demonstrated, we can't truly enjoy life. Creation can't truly be um, enjoyed. Moving on to verse 20. And God said, let the waters bring forth. (laughs) And and God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great wells and every living creature that move it, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the sea and let the fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. So in verses 20 through 23, what we see is that now. God's creation is abundant. What do we see? God's creation is abundant. Leah, Ian, I don't hear you. God's creation is abundant. What is it? God's creation is abundant. 
What does that mean, Aaliyah? Abundant. Like what? A 10? Okay. Uh, Grayson, can you help her? What does that mean? Uh, it's abundant. Prosperous? Deuce, can you expound on that? God's creation is abundant. What do you think that means? Xavion, can you help us? God's creation is abundant. Bless you. God's creation is abundant. It's great. Yep. When we say that God's creation is abundant, meaning it is plentiful, meaning it has a lot, meaning it is numerous, meaning it just it's just great. Um, when he told Abraham, he said, he said, if you can count the number of the stars in the sky, that's how your many children you have. The sands on the on the on the if you can count all of that, that's how big your your uh, your seed will grow to be. And for us, what we know is that there are so many animals in the world, so many mammals. So if you go, they still there are certain animals that they still find today, and they're like, I never seen this one. We're gonna call it this. Because they've never seen it before because God's creation is abundant. We see many things, but we haven't seen it all. Right? There's a verse, and I believe in Ecclesiastes, where it says the, the eye of man is never, never satisfied. Meaning that he has, you haven't seen everything. You haven't. We see all the cars that have been designed. We see all the clothes that have been designed. We see the phones that have been designed. We see the shoes that have been designed. We see the houses. We see, we see um, the socks. The, we see everything that has been designed and made by man. But we ourselves haven't seen everything that God has created himself because it is abundant. There's too much. Has man gone all the way down to the depths of the water? Hasn't. Has man dug all the way down into the depths of the ground he hasn't has mankind the tallest tree in the world maybe but we don't know right we don't know because god's creation is so abundant have we seen all the birds that we can see i remember i was at the zoo and my brothers and i we talk about each other we always find these animals and we just say like oh you look like such such such, such animal and i saw one and i took a picture of it it was called a madagascar something rat and I was like, oh, man, I can call my brother this with your old Madagascar something rat looking face. I can call him that. But guess what? I've never seen a Madagascar rat before. I'm like, man. So one, I'm like, I'm kind of laughing because I'm like, man, I've never seen a Madagascar rat before. But also, this is funny to go ahead and talk about my brother because he hasn't seen a Madagascar rat. And he probably looked like one. Yes, Aaliyah. Yes. So... <laughs> I haven't seen that. And then there are certain types of snakes we haven't seen, right? There's certain times, like, monkeys and all that. It was a monkey that I saw at the zoo where it turned around and his behind was purple, green. It was like the color of a rainbow, right? And I'm like, man, goodness gracious. God is, like, creation is, like, it's, it's more than we can think about, right? It's, it's a whole lot, right? Then I saw another one, a monkey doing push-ups. <laughs> I mean, there's so much that God's creation has that we ourselves haven't even been able to see because God's creation is abundant. Lastly, moving into verses 24 and 25, 
what we will see is that God's creation is unique. And he said, God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beasts of the earth after his kind. And it was so. Verse 25, and God made the beasts of the earth after his kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. God's creation is unique. Repeat that. God's creation is unique. What does that mean, Ian? What does it mean to be unique? God's creation is unique. Okay. Yeah, it could mean that. Does anybody else in here have the same shirt you have on? No, right? And we know animals because they are uniquely designed. If a dog was a cow, we would be like, oh yeah, hey, go get me a dog. I want to eat a dog. Be like, what dog you going to eat? Right? Because the dog, look, the dog and the cow have the same name and they look alike, but we don't know which is which, right? But God designed it so uniquely, so systematically, that when we eat cow, we know we eat in the cow because it's uniquely designed differently from what? Dogs, right? If you see a, if you see a frog and a snake, are they, a, are they the same? They might be in the same family, right? You see an alligator, right? And a monkey, are they the same? But he says here in verses 25, verse 25, it said that, and God made the beasts of the earth after his kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creepeth on the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. So that if he made it, it's good, right? Now, there's some places that eat dogs, right? You might go to some places in the world and dogs might be what they have on the menu. Not here in America. Thank you, Jesus, right? Now, that's not to say it might not taste good. So we just saying that, you know, I remember... Uh, um, I ate turtle before, and I didn't know I was eating turtle. I thought it was a, uh, I thought it was chicken. You know, everybody always say, "Oh, it tastes like chicken." No, I really thought that the turtle was chicken. Now, <laughs> I didn't know I was eating it until after I had digested it. I didn't know, but there's so many different things, right? That God's created. Now, if I saw the turtle standing, like if I saw the turtle sitting next to the stove, and I saw the chicken on the other side, I probably then would be like, "Hey, what you gonna do with the turtle?" Right? I probably would. I probably ask that question. But it, when the meat is cut up and it's put in the pan and it's starting to cook, I don't know what is what. But the way in which God designed it, we can tell what it is. You can tell. I remember um, the. The hyenas. We went to go. I went when we went. Who who I went? Y'all remember we saw the hyenas? And I thought the hyenas hyenas were gonna look like it looked on Lion King, huh? I thought they was gonna look all weak and stuff. I thought it was gonna be small. And, and what did they do to that meat? How fast did they eat that meat? Oh, quick! Very fast, right? They threw a big old piece of chicken out. And they devoured that chicken in a matter of seconds. Now, we're talking about a thick piece of chicken, right? <laughs> we're talking about it's so thick. It's so, it has bones. You can hear them chewing the bones, right? Y'all heard them chewing and the bones are cracking. 
and then they have to throw another one out. Then we walk next, right? And we see the little bitty old lion taking 10 minutes on a piece of chicken. And you're like, goodness, like a mountain lion and uh, what's the name of the other one? A hyena. They're totally different. You're thinking that the mountain lion is going to devour a piece of meat the same way the, that the hyena did, and it didn't happen. And now you have a different perspective about God's creation. Now, if you go out and you see a, a hyena and a mountain lion, you would hope that you would run into the mountain lion before the hyena because the hyena will eat you in a matter of seconds. God's creation is unique. There's nothing that we ourselves can create that can be better than what God has created. If we look in the, in the sky, if we look in the water, Galveston water is dirty. <laughs> you go to Florida, you can see all the way to the bottom of the water. But guess what? If you're in salt water, you can't drink the water. If you're in fresh water, you can drink the water. God's creation is just too unique and it's something that we have to make sure that we are enjoying each and every day and also recognizing. So number one, God's creation is systematic. Everybody say that. God's creation is systematic. Everything has a purpose. God's creation has a purpose for whatever is going on. God's creation has a purpose. <clears throat> God's creation demonstrates his authority. Nothing happens without God. Nothing gets past him. He doesn't miss anything. This world is designed by him and he has it functioning the way he wants it to function. God's creation is abundant. There's so much, so much that God has a design in this world. It's abundant. And then lastly, God's creation is unique. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear God, thank you, Father, for this day and this time in which you've allowed for us to learn more about your will, your word, and your way. We pray that something has been said or done, dear Lord, Father, that cause us, dear Lord, Father, to look to you, dear Lord, Father, and to seek you, dear Lord, knowing that you know all things and that you created all things. And dear Lord, Father, by you, dear Lord, Father, we will be able to um, live the life, dear Lord, in which you intended us to live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.